Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason on Inside Sources. Well, it's obviously been a very, very big news day and news weekend, especially as it relates to Ukraine, Russia, and even China, all in the mix, along with the United States. And one of the things we always try to do on this program is to not just chase the headlines and the tweets and the social media posts and the angry this and that that uh, happen when we have big global news but to make sure we have time to step back a little bit, to digest a little bit, and then to frame it in ways that makes the news make sense and help all, all of us get to a space where we can understand it a little better and be able to understand and recognize what our role is in all of this. And so I want to take a segment to just do that today, uh, to just dig in a little bit. There's so many moving parts and pieces uh, to everything we experience from the president going on a historic trip 10 hours each way on a train to get into a war zone in Kiev, spend hours on the ground uh, with the president of Ukraine, uh, and then back on the train, back into Poland. And of course, uh, a very uh, timely speech at the one-year anniversary coming up this week uh, for Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, And so that started over the weekend. Uh, And then, of course, uh, the, the dueling speeches of today. And then we've got China weighing in and actually China sending uh, their uh, ambassador to Moscow while President Biden was in Kiev. So all kinds of dueling things going on there. And so I want to break this down just a little bit uh, for a few moments and look at what this all means, all of these uh, parts and players and pieces and what it means in this changing puzzle we have of politics around the world. And I want to start with something we haven't spent a lot of time on today, and that is Vladimir Putin's speech yesterday to the General Assembly. And two-hour speech, so count your blessings that you didn't have to sit through that one. Uh, He blamed the conflict, uh, the invasion by the Russian forces into Ukraine territory, squarely at the feet of the West, of the Ukrainian government, and the United States. The responsibility for fueling the Ukraine conflict, for its escalation, for the number of victims lies completely with Western elites and, of course, with the current Kyiv regime. As I said, the West has turned against Russia not only a military and information force, but also an economic one. But it has not achieved its goals anywhere and it will not. Moreover, those who initiated the sanctions against Russia have punished themselves. So pretty strong words there from Vladimir Putin. And again, remember the audiences that Vladimir Putin is trying to convince. Uh, he's he's talking to the Russian people who I think most are none too thrilled with how poorly this has been going, what it has meant, the things they've had to endure because of sanctions coming from the West. And Vladimir Putin's clearly trying to put all of that on Western aggression, U.S. aggression, and really trying to create this national moment for the Russian people that it just doesn't seem to be buying at this point. Uh, in the latest escalation of the conflict, I think this was probably the most significant thing that Vladimir Putin said today. He announced that he was suspending Russian participation in the New START nuclear treaty. They can't be silly people. They want to deliver us a strategic defeat while crawling into our strategic nuclear objects. Regarding this, I have to say that Russia suspends its participation in the New START treaty. Let me repeat, Russia does not abandon the treaty, but suspends its participation. Okay, very important little asterisk there from Vladimir Putin himself, being very clear to say he is not abandoning the treaty, 
just suspending it. Uh, so it gives him some rhetorical wiggle room as he rattles the sabers in terms of what he's willing to do. He's done this before, saying that the tactical nuclear weapon, weapons were on the table when it came to Ukraine. And so today, big bluster on the front end with a little asterisk saying, well, we're not we're not getting rid of it. We're not abandoning it. Uh, we're uh, we're just suspending it for a little bit to see what happens in Ukraine. So I thought that was a very important nuance that I think a lot missed Uh, as they were going through what Vladimir Putin said today. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately... We're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I want to go back for just a moment to an interview we did earlier in the program with Ryan Vogel from Utah Valley University. He laid out the direction the United States should take in response to Russia suspending that participation in the nuclear treaty. On the U.S. side, I think what, what we're going to be looking for is, you know, efforts to sort of slow this down, efforts to... Uh, ratchet this back a bit. You know, this is back to kind of that Cold War mentality where we want to be very careful that we don't misplay the dangerous game here. Um, we we want to not overreact to things. We do want to suggest and demonstrate that things are unacceptable and things that are not helpful or productive, but we don't want to, you know, kind of play the game that Putin is playing and, and uh, go tit for tat and, um, and ratchet up a, a situation that's already very tense and um, and could go really badly if it's played the wrong way. We do not want to ratchet up the dangerous game. And it is a dangerous game that Vladimir Putin is playing. So we need to navigate that very carefully. I thought President Biden was very effective today. I thought the speech, uh, it may be one of those speeches that is better read than said. I thought the president did a good job delivering it, but to read it, uh, it's even more powerful. But listen to President Biden. Uh, he talked about the importance of the moment, the the principles that guide the moment, and how our choices now will determine the future that we end up living in. As we gather tonight, the world, in my view, is at an, at an inflection point. The decisions we make over the next five years or so are going to determine and shape our lives for decades to come. That's true for Americans. That's true for the people of the world. And while decisions are ours to make now, the principles and the stakes are eternal. The choice between chaos and stability, between building and destroying, between hope and fear, between democracy that lifts up the human spirit and the brutal hand of the dictator who crushes it. 
Again, a speech worth going back and not just listening to. Go back and read it. I think it's uh, it, there's some very powerful principles and uh, some great pr- uh, guidance there in terms of where we are. Finally, I want to go back earlier in the show. Derek Scissors from American Enterprise Institute talked about China's position in all of this relating to Ukraine and what it is that China may or may not do to support Russia. The Chinese simultaneously don't want to be tied up in Russia's war on Ukraine. I mean, they didn't start the war. They didn't want the war. Um, They don't want to be dragged into it in any significant way. But they also don't want the Russians to lose because the Russians are much more on their side than they are on our side. They see the United States, Chinese Communist Party sees the United States as, as its biggest external threat. So they're kind of caught here where they want to show support for the Russians and encourage the Russians and say, hey, hang in there. Uh, but they don't want to be dragged into the war. And that's why you get things like trips rather than you know real Chinese assistance to the Russians in Ukraine. So a lot to think about, a lot of nuances there for us to dive into. And we'll continue to do that in the coming days as it relates to Ukraine, one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion coming up, and we'll break all of that down as we go. Stay with us. When we come back, we're going to be talking about a crucial conversation regarding asylum seekers with our own Hugo Ricard Bell. Stick around. We'll be right back. 